thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, so, have you ever been told you're not asking right? Have you ever been told that? No? You always ask right then, do you? Okay, you know? We've got uh, we've got we've had several children through our house. We've got one who's with us today, and one of the things he does, he makes a statement. I've got to be careful because he normally goes up to Sunday school. He's listening today, so he'll probably beat me up later on. But that's fine. But he makes a statement, and he'll just say things like, "Badminton's at seven o'clock." Yeah, great. I'm glad badminton's at seven o'clock. What he actually means is, please, will you take me to badminton at seven o'clock? Okay, so we're trying to train him that just saying facts isn't the case. You know, Ros is wonderful, but one thing that Ros does is she'll say to me the night before, what have you got planned tomorrow? <laughs> what she actually means is, I'd really like you to do something with me tomorrow. So I've got to be dead careful how I answer that question. So my best answer to it is, just tell me what you want and I'll see if I can sit in between things. Because <laughs> I'd much rather that was clear, that's right, isn't it? I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not being horrible. It's true. And all of you will have situations where you perhaps don't ask for things right. You know, or when we were younger and there were situations where, you know, maybe, maybe we, uh, we asked stupid questions. Anyone ask stupid questions? Yeah? A few people. I've just asked one and people weren't honest. Ask stupid questions. Maybe that stupid questions, you know, in the day of um, corporal punishment, okay, I'm not, I'm not advocating this behavior, you know, but you might say, do you want a smack? What a stupid question. <laughs> oh, yes, please, bring it on. You know, some people might like that, but what a stupid question. Do you want a smack? You know, I am... Um, I, I like it. There's a, there's a guy who writes books who, who does real genuine sort of experiments in a humorous way and writes about them called Danny Wallace. And one of his books was called Yes Man, which was made into a film that exaggerated the actual premise. But he actually lived a year of his life. He decided to be positive and adventurous because he kept saying no to things, opportunities. So he made a promise that for a year he would say yes to everything. So one of the one of the one of the escapades in, was in a nightclub. He sees a lady across the dance floor and glances her way, and this big, hulking man comes across and says to him, "Are you looking at my girlfriend?" <laughs> and his response is, "Yes." <laughs> to which the next question is, "Do you want me to punch you in the face?" He takes a breath and he says, yes. <laughs> to which the man says, you mean you want to go outside right now? And he went, yes. And the man walked off and left him alone because he just thought he was mad. <laughs> but saying yes to everything, he realized he was missing out on opportunities. But we ask wrong, you know, we ask stupid questions. 
But today I want to ask, are we asking from the right place? Are we asking the right person? And are we asking in the right way? And are we asking for the right things? And that's what the Sermon on the Mount, the mountain message comes to now. We come to a very famous part of this message. I'm going to read just six verses from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12. says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I'll read that little bit again. Everyone who asks, receives. Pretty straightforward, yeah? The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. I'll read that again because I got it wrong. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Six simple verses. If you struggle to read your Bible, read those verses every day this week and see what God says to you through them because he will speak. Um, our old youth hoodies had this verse on them, Matthew 7, verse 7. And it had a cross on the front and underneath it it said, Ask me. Now, that opened all sorts of opportunities. People would ask us for all sorts of things. But the verse underneath was, ask and it will, you'll receive, or ask and it will be given to you. Now, we were slightly out of context, but the idea was it was a conversation starter. But there are three things happening in this verse, ask, seek, knock. But what is it really all about? First of all, we're going to have a bit of a, a lesson in imperative verbs. Is everybody ready for a lesson in imperative verbs? exciting Woo, bring it on bring it on don't worry there's only two don't worry if you don't understand what imperative means it will all become clear the first one is the hourist imperative I might say to you shut that door those of you who are of a certain age will probably be thinking of a certain man but anyway if I said to you shut that door it's a one-time instruction to be done then or I could say close that window same thing or I could say empty that dishwasher Warren um, that's a one, one-time thing. You're going to regret staying down this morning, believe me. Okay, it's a one-time thing. Empty that dishwasher. Do it now, this one instance, okay? So that is the hourist imperative. Here, in these verses, in the Greek, we have what's called the present imperative. What's the difference, you might ask? And this is where Steph said at a baptism, didn't understand the clue what Johnny was going on about, this is what you need to understand. The difference, the way this is written, in the present imperative, shut that door, becomes keep shutting that door. Okay? Keep shutting that door. Close that window is keep closing that window. And Warren, empty that dishwasher, is keep on emptying that dishwasher. Okay? You with me? Yeah, he's ignoring me now. He's going to go on his game, so that's fine. Okay. 
So in this verse, it's not just ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. It's keep on asking. It's keep on seeking. It's keep on knocking. Do you understand? You with me, Steph? Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. So that's the, that's the Greek that pays off. So it implies a continued importance, something that's continuous, that needs to be ongoing, that needs to keep happening. It's not a one-off thing. Not, I prayed once and it was great. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Jesus, in this whole sermon, has been addressing the attitudes and the issues of our hearts. Yeah, would you agree? As you've been coming along, he's been addressing our heart attitudes. He starts off with the beautiful attitudes, doesn't he? How we should be, how we should live, how we should think. He talks about our attitudes towards people in lust and in murder. It talks about the religious people's attitudes to changing things and twisting things. And now we come towards the end of it. He starts to finish by saying, now keep asking with the right attitude. Keep coming with the right heart. Keep on being from the right place. Yeah? That's what he's saying. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, and I didn't give Tabby all these verses, so if she gets them on, she's doing a fantastic job this morning. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 5 says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? There's a question, isn't it? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Doesn't it come from the heart? Doesn't it come from your attitudes? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask... You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity or hatred against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? So those we don't get because we don't ask is that message. But we could leave it there and go, well, I'll start asking for more stuff. It's not about that. He jealously longs for the spirit that's in us. It's about asking for more of his presence. We've just sung it. Let us become more aware of your presence. It's about asking for more of him. It's about asking for more of his spirit. It's about asking for more of his strength. What does that passage in James tell us? It says, fights and quarrels stem from our heart attitudes. So do our desires. And you ask with a wrong heart so you don't receive. You ask with a wrong desire so you don't receive. You ask from the wrong place so you don't receive. It's really important this morning to look at the same message of Jesus that's recorded in Luke. Because obviously Luke wrote down stuff about that Jesus said as well. And in Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verse 13, it says this. Just listen. This is the end of the same passage about asking, seeking, and knocking. It says, if you then know you are evil, though you are evil, sorry, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
Can you see what it's on about? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? That makes it pretty clear what this is about, doesn't it? I could sit down now, drop the mic, okay? And that's, that's today done. Because it's about asking for the right things from the right place of the right person with the right attitude. I now can't get that back on my pocket. Anyway, there we go. Oh, yeah, it's there. It's about asking for more of him, more of his presence, more of the Holy Spirit, more of his strength. Why? Because then we will be stronger to deal with life. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. I uh, looked on Mike Pilavachi's Facebook status this morning, and um, I'll just Google it now, because I think it, I think it sums up, oh, not Mike McKenzie, I don't know who he is, but anyway, sorry, it was prepared, I should have, oh, I did screenshot it, I did screenshot it, sorry, sorry everybody, I'm getting old, I'm 50 now, um, it's not quite as uh, clear to me. So this is a quote from this morning, from another church leader. And I think this sums up this passage. It says, what we need, it's John Stock quote, by the way. It's not a Mike Pilavachi quote. What we need is not more learning, not more eloquence, not more persuasion, not more organization, but more power from the Holy Spirit. And we don't get, why? Because we're not asking. We're not willing for that. We're not ready to receive. We don't get because we don't ask. This passage isn't a blank check. Jesus isn't saying, if you ask God to win the lottery, you will receive. It's not going to happen. It's not even saying, if you ask God for good health, that it'll happen. It's not saying that. It's saying, if you ask God for him, then he's going to give you him. If you ask God for his strength, he's going to give you it. It's about our heart attitude. It's about what we truly desire in life. If we ask for more of him, guess what we get? We get more strength. We get more peace. We get more joy. We get more presence. And I don't mean with a T. For those of you who are now thinking, ooh, presence. We get more presence. More of him. But like when children ask for certain things... We say no, don't we? Those of you who are parents in here, if a child asks for a big bag of sweets before tea, what do we say? No. Well, somebody said yes over here. Yeah, that's somebody who's not got... Is it Corey? You've not got children. But boy, I tell you, when, if that day comes, I'll be making sure that happens regularly. Okay. <laughs> we don't give them those sweets because it's not good for them. It's not going to help them. It's not going to be great for them. We don't just give them, or we shouldn't just give them, everything they ask for. But if they ask for more time, or help with their character, or help growing, then as a good parent, will we not always say yes? Yeah. Obviously, time, sometimes it's not always easy. But if they ask for more of that, won't we give them it? No matter what. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I'm glad you're with me. There's a few, yeah. a few of the people, I think, are parents who are worried that when they've promised yes, they're going to have to then do it. But when we ask for those things, if our children ask for those things, as a good dad, I'm not going to deny that. So when we ask for more of his time, more of his presence, more help growing in character, more help being strong, more help with peace, more help with joy, he's going to give us it. That's the promise. And yet we don't get because we don't ask. 
We don't get because we don't ask. It comes back to what the whole of this passage has been about, the desires of our heart. What does it say in the Beatitudes? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's the attitude God wants us to have. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't hunger after the stuff of this world. Hunger after me. You know, if we're hammering at God's door each day for more of him and more of his strength, then he'll give it. That's the promise of God. Yet, you know, and I hold my hands up, often we only tend to bother asking when we're desperate. Often we come to God with a list of things we want to see happen. A list of things we want to see. We want to see people made well. We want to see people um, prosper. We want to you know, have the money to pay our bills. But God says the more important things than that. The most important thing is me, says God. And you, you need me. You were designed and created to have me at the center. We don't need stuff. We need spirit. We don't need presents. We need presents. God says, who if our children asked for the basics of a meal, bread and fish, would give them things to harm them? Yeah, we wouldn't, would we? If we're good parents, even if, even if we're not the greatest parents, we're not going to give them something that's going to harm them. We'll give them the basics. None of us would do that. So if we as imperfect people wouldn't do that, how much more is God wanting to give us nourishment and growth and strength and food that will help us with life's journey? Yeah. So what does it say? What does Jesus tell us? Keep asking. That's verbal. That's words. That's, our, that's the, what comes out of our mouths. Keep asking. And then it's keep seeking. That is our eyes looking, searching, looking to see the people Jesus loves, trying to see people how God sees them, trying to see with our eyes how we can be of service. And then finally, keep knocking, physically involved in desperation, verbally, visually, and physically. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and it will be given you will find and the door will be open. Do we want that? Yes. Well, let's keep doing it. Or even better, let's start doing it. And not just as a one-off. I prayed. No, keep on praying. Bible says pray without ceasing. Have you ever stood delivering anything? Have you ever been, anyone delivered food parcels over the, over the last few years? Anyone ever delivered parcels for a company or everyone? Yeah? The first time you go, you might do this. And you might stand there looking like a bit of a clown, thinking, I just want people to come to the door. And then, if, you, if you're like me, the next thing you do is you do this. A little bit friendlier. Oh, sorry. A little bit friendlier. A little bit, yeah, there's somebody at the door, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. A little bit more, ooh, I'm, it's a jolly person here. I've not come to do you any harm. I'm just delivering a parcel. And then eventually, you might get to the stage where you go in. Penny, <laughs> sorry, Big Bang Theory fans. Oh, sorry, it's okay. Sometimes we may find it hard to persevere. Sometimes it may feel like we're asking for strength, asking for peace, asking for joy, asking for love, and we still struggle. What does Jesus say? Keep asking, keep seeking. 
Keep knocking. Why? Because if you keep asking, you'll receive. If you keep seeking, you'll find. And if you keep knocking, the door will open. Especially when it comes to prayer. But its regularity is important. Jesus, the Son of God, would often be found in prayer and speaking with his dad, wouldn't he? In the quiet places, early in the morning, he would not make excuses for not doing it. You know, as we've sung this morning, I was watching Uche with, with his little one. I'm not even going to try and remember how to pronounce the name because it was a... Isogium. Isogium? No, something close. Agosium. I was close. I was close. I got the Z and the G the wrong way around. But I watched Uche and he had his little boy while we were worshipping and he was trying to teach him as he sang. Now, Agosium's not going to be able to suddenly go... Just one touch from the king. Because he's only 12 months, 18 months, nearly in between there, yeah? Six months. Of course, it was Christmas, wasn't it? Do you know, there's so many babies being born in this last few years. It's six, well, you know, even at six months, it's even less likely, isn't it? Let's be fair. Okay. But you'll let me off. Thanks, Uche. You're very gracious. You're very forgiving. I'll ask. I'm really sorry. But... Uche was cradling that little boy and singing, and you could see him. I'm sorry to embarrass you, but you could see him singing the words and showing him as he sang. Because he wants to set the example as a dad that we've got to worship the king. Even at six months old, saying, come on, this is important. This is what we do as family. This is what we do because we've got to glorify his name. And actually, when I see that in a public situation... I'm sure that's going to happen in private too. I'm sure that there's going to be times when he will be found in prayer and speaking with his dad. Jesus was found in prayer and speaking with his dad. Maybe when we're in tough situations, it's easy to keep praying. But what does Jesus say? Keep doing it. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Anyone ever had those wristbands? WWJD. Yeah? Okay. Uh, someone once said it stood for we want Jack Daniels, but that's not true. Okay, it's what would Jesus do? But that's the problem, isn't it? You can wear a wristband and it can mean nothing. The other one I can remember was frog. You know, going around with a wristband with frog on. Right? People would be thinking, weird. <laughs> but that stood for fully reliant on God. But you'd have to ask the question for someone to say it, wouldn't you? But the other one is push. And that's not the midwife's wristband. Okay. Push stood for, if you can't make out what that said in that soup of words, it's pray until something happens. No. No. That goes against what Jesus is teaching. Because what's Jesus teaching? Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Not pray till something happens and then go, way, I can stop. Because what we pray for is him, him, him. His characteristics, his character. Pray and keep on praying. But sadly, P-A-K-O-P on the wristband just didn't look very good. Because pack up sounds a bit like pack up and finish. Pray and keep on praying. But especially keep chasing after God's character. Chase after God's presence and God's strength in your life. That's what this is about. You know... The strength to face the day, not the stuff that we help us for a short time. The strength. The mountain message has outlined difficulties of living with kingdom character. 
But Jesus says, this is how. I just want to read a quote from somebody else. And it says this. I wasn't going to do this, but that's why it's not ready. So here's a quote from another, another contemporary, a man called James Boyce. And he said, our lack of prayer and righteousness explains a great deal. He says, every now and then a minister is asked by some Christian, why is it that I cannot seem to find victory in the Christian life? Why does the Bible seem difficult to understand? Why, why do I still seem in bondage to some besetting sin? Why am I such a poor witness? Why do the high principles of Christian conduct have such little effect on my job and on the affairs of my family? The answer is that we don't ask God for those blessings. You don't have because you don't ask. Why is it, many ministries asking, that I don't have the power of God in my teaching? Why is the Bible so dead? Why are there so few persons being converted and turning to Jesus? Why are there no leaders to expand and reinforce the ministry? Again, the answer is simply that you're not praying. Why are there so few outstanding candidates for the Christian ministry? Many Christian laymen are asking, why is the church so weak and the preaching so poor and our impact upon society so ineffective, our goals so unrealized? And again, God answers, because we're neglecting our prayer life. We don't have because we're not asking. We don't have because we're not asking. It's not about asking for stuff. It's not about asking for things. Some of those things might be important, but we've always got to keep coming back to keep asking for him, keep seeking for him, keep knocking on his door. And he will give. He will give. That's his promise. And God keeps his promises. Jesus says this is how. And he set the example. He prayed and fasted in the desert for 40 days. Why? To be victorious over temptation. He prayed and, and fasted in the Garden of Gethsemane for hours. Why? To face the battle of the cross and have victory over death. Yeah? We don't have victory, maybe, because we're not asking right. We're not asking from the right place. We're not asking the right person. And we're not asking for the right things. It's just got to be about, God, I need more of you. God, I need more of you. I cannot change my circumstances. Yes, you can, God, but I need more of you. I need more of you. I need more of you. It is that simple. And yet it's so hard. Why? Because every day is a battle against an enemy who doesn't want you on your knees. He doesn't want you on your knees. So keep asking for that character to grow. Keep seeking and looking for it. Keep knocking on God's door to chase after righteousness. Do you know, God is looking for a people who will pursue him. God is looking for a people who will pursue him relentlessly and who will keep relentlessly following him and asking for more of his presence, more of his righteousness. Is that us? Is that me? Is that you? Because the promise is if we do that, he will then use us in mighty ways. You know, if every day is a battle against an evil enemy, we don't need to ask for more stuff. We need for more of his strength. We need for more of his power more of his presence. We don't need to ask for more weapons. We already have his word and his promises. We just need more of him. Verse 9 describes who we're asking. Not a deceitful father. It talks about if anyone asks his father for a piece of bread, will they give him a stone? Well, that bread would have been a flat bread. Wouldn't have been a loaf of bread like we recognize. So sometimes we don't, we miss some of the things that's going on here. The flat bread would have been a round, smooth, flat piece of bread. 
not dissimilar to perhaps a large, smooth pebble on a beach. So Jesus is saying, God's not deceitful. He's not going to try and trick you. He's not going to try and make it look like something it isn't. He's not going to give you that flat stone that looks a bit like a flatbed. He's going to give you the real thing. And the fish is talking about a cooked fish. So who would give their child when they asked for a cooked fish a cooked snake that's disguised? We wouldn't, would we? Even if we could try and pass it off as similar tasting and similar texture. What this is saying is the person we're asking isn't deceitful. He's not going to hide from us. He's not going to pretend it's something it isn't. He longs to be present in us and with us. But what do we need to do? Keep asking. Keep asking. We're going to finish with verse 12. Verse 12 in the NRV says this, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is the Old Testament. So Jesus is saying the entirety of the Old Testament could be summed up in treat others how you want to be treated. In the message version, it says this. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. And then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets and this is what you get. You know, it reminded me of that American statement, I think it was JFK, that said, ask not what, your, what you can do for your country, or ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Ask not what your church, what your God, what your neighbour can do for you, but ask what you can do for them. That sums up the Old Testament. And Jesus said we need to keep asking. Give rather than get. Serve rather than be served. Behave towards others in a way that you would want them to behave towards you. You know, maybe you're someone who ignores messages on a regular basis. Sometimes it can't be helped. Well, don't ignore other people's messages if you don't like it. Maybe you're somebody who criticizes but don't like to be criticized. Well, stop criticizing others. Maybe you're somebody who's desperate to be respected. Well, respect others first. Do to others what you want done to you. So how do we possibly do that? We keep asking, we keep seeking, we keep knocking. Ask, it'll be found. Seek, sorry, ask and it'll be given. Seek, it'll be found. Knock, and it'll be opened. There is the promise. Do you want more of God in your day? Ask. Do you want more of his presence and his strength in your day? Seek. Do you want more of his victory in your day? Keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. Because God is a God of promise and treat others how you want to be treated. Let's pray. I'm just going to wait a short moment. And as you sit, I just want you to Ask yourself, first of all, am I ready and prepared to persevere? Am I ready to keep asking? Am I ready to keep seeking? Am I ready to keep knocking?
Am I willing to persevere? Am I willing to stop chasing after the world and chase after the God who is righteous, who gives good gifts? And if you ask yourself that question, if the answer is yes, I want you just to stand where you are. If the answer to that question is yes, I do want to do that, then just stand. Because today is the start of keeping asking. Keeping seeking. Keeping knocking.